Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. Amen. Come on, let's pray. Father, I'm asking that your people would hear your voice today and not mine. I'm asking that your word would shape us change us and mold us like only you can do. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Please be seated. Open your Bible if you brought it to Isaiah chapter 4. Isaiah chapter 4 and verse 6. Isaiah chapter 4 and verse 6. Then we're probably going to jump around a little bit in the Bible. Isaiah 4 and 6, and there, somebody say there, there shall be a tabernacle for a shadow in the daytime from the heat and for a place of refuge and for a covert, a covert or a cover from storm and from rain. Somebody say there. There. We've been on this topic now for several weeks, but there has to be a there in your life. Think about the, I remember Crystal and I, when we got, when we, so I'll say it like this. I'll never forget the first time I laid eyes on Crystal Hallam. Her name was not Hallam then, it was Johnson, but I will never forget the first time I laid eyes on Crystal. To me, it is a significant there in my life. And when, when, when that happened or that moment happened, It's like everything was frozen in time as a Polaroid in my mind that I can immediately go back to. You can hear a song and it will take you back to a place. That place is a there for you. We were, uh, this past week, we had a a dinner at the house and it was just us and, and, and we were there and having some 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 hamburgers. Is anybody hungry yet? I know it's early. But but Crystal pulled out the record player. And when I say record player, I mean the thing that spins around and you put the record on. So effectively, we have 10,000 million, phone, uh, uh, 10, million songs on this, but we're still buying plastic discs with four songs on them. So praise the Lord for that. So we put the disc on and starts playing... And everybody in the room starts singing and starts talking about, I remember when I heard this song at blank. And I remember when I heard this song at this. Because everything in your life doesn't necessarily stop you. But some things impact you in such a way that it creates a there moment for you. When it comes to the things of God, we, ha- we all ought to have at least one good immediate or institutional moment where you realize I'm walking out of death and I'm walking into life. Now, I remember when I grew up, uh, I was at a camp one time and the counselor, which you have to understand this, these counselors, these camps are probably 18, 19 year old young people. They're, they're good people. They love God. But they were, we were at a campfire service one night. And so they were playing, you know, how camp is. They're playing Kumbaya on the guitar and everybody's sitting there telling stories and whatnot. And this guy is, is kind of leading this devotional. And he says, he goes, he goes, if you do not remember the exact moment that you got born again, you are not saved. I was 12 years old. Maybe younger. 
I couldn't remember the first time I got born again because Jesus was always invited at our table. Now, I'm not trying to make this a doctrinal issue. You have to be born again, but I do not remember the first time I said yes to him. I've never not known him in my, in my actual knowing of, of people and entities and ideas and things. And so I said, I said, hold the phone. I said, I don't know when I've been born again. He goes, then you're not saved. I said, yes, I am. He said, no, you're not. I said, yes, I am. I said, Jesus talks to me. I said, Jesus is my best friend. I said, my parents introduced me to Jesus. He goes, you're not born again. I said, I need to talk to my dad. He said, he said, no, we don't do that at this camp. I said, brother, you just told me I'm going to hell. I need to get a hold of my dad right now. I called it. So they take me to the nurse. They said, he doesn't feel good. I said, I feel fine. I said, you said I'm going to hell. He said, he said, I didn't say you're going to hell. I said, yes, you did. I said, where do you go if you're not born again? I said, do you not know the Bible you're trying to teach me? He said, he said, no, that's not what I'm saying. I said, it's exactly what you said. I said, I picked up the phone. I called the phone number to dad or to mom and dad. I said, mom, hey, how's it going? I said, good. Is everything okay? Is everything okay? And he talked to dad. She goes, okay. So I put dad on the phone. I said, dad. I said, this guy says I'm not saved. He said, who said that? I said, this counselor, he's a nice guy. I said, he said, I'm not saved. He said, what do you mean you're not saved? He said, you're saved? He said, what do you, you love Jesus? Yes, sir. He said, you, you, you believe in, in your heart that he rose from the dead? I said, absolutely. He said, have you, have you uh, asked him to come into your heart? Have you confessed? He said, I said, dad, absolutely. He goes, then you're saved. He said, what is this guy talking about? I said, I don't know what he's talking about. He said, if I can't remember the exact moment that I was born again. Then I'm not saved. Now, granted, if you do not come from a Christian household, there is a very significant chance that you will remember the microsecond that your life changed. But if you're raising kids, you're not like throwing them out there going, hey, okay, go live like a heathen so you can have that moment. No, what if you just abide under the shadow? Come on, somebody. Of the Almighty all the days of your life. Now don't, and don't make this a weird doctrinal thing. Everybody must be born again. But I'm sitting there, and, and so I said, Dad, is this what's going on? He said, Is he right there? I said, Yes, sir. He said, Can I talk to him? He said, Sure. I said, Sure. I said, I said, He wants to talk to you. And the guy goes, I said, Yeah, you, Billy. Pick up the phone. So I hand the phone to him, and he goes, He goes, all, all the guys was doing was this. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, that makes sense. Yes, sir. And he goes, he wants to talk to you again. And he handed me the phone back. He said, baby boy, have your stuff together. Mom and I are picking you up first thing in the morning. Now, the point I'm trying to get at is I might not have a there where I remember the First time that I gave my life to Jesus, but I remember with expert clarity the first time I had to defend it to somebody that was older and supposedly more mature than me. See, there has to be a there in your life. We're rising up as a church and we're building a bigger shadow in this region and that's going to touch the entire planet. But we're building it because there must be a there for somebody. 
There must be a place where they can be shielded. There must be a place where they can find refuge from the heat and a place of cover from storm and from rain. We're building a place. We're building a tabernacle for our God, a place where people gather. In 2021 and 2022 and 2023 and beyond, a place where people can gather, a place where we can broadcast the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ around the world because people need an opportunity for their there moment. But if you're going to get out of the small shadows of your life, the things that have plagued you, The things that somebody said about you that have impacted your life so much so that you now filter your thought processes through those ideas and those ideologies. You're going to have to do a few things in order to get yourself under a bigger shadow. One that that makes all the little doubt and unbelief that you're still wrestling with seem like it's not even rational anymore to doubt. You're going to have to do a few things. Last week, I tried to get through a portion of this message. I had three points. I only got through one, but that point was this. You're going to have to change the way you think. You can't think little and go big. You can't think little and go big. God's going to do exceeding, abundantly, above more than you can ask and think. So if you're thinking small, he doesn't have to do much to exceed what you're thinking. But if you're thinking big, come on somebody. If you're thinking, I'm going to win my whole neighborhood to Jesus. If you're thinking big, then God's word is still true and he's still going to exceed what you can think. His baseline to exceed is just greater than it would have been if you're thinking small. The reason this is so important is because as a person thinks in their heart, that's how it is with them. You ever heard somebody say something like this? If it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. They're right. They're not right for me. They're not right for you, but they're right. Because as a person thinks, that's how it is with them. You ever notice uh, that person that's always upbeat? Don't they just, just drive you nuts sometimes? You know what I'm talking about? Like, like every time you turn around, they're just smiling. They get, they get a flat tire and they just start thanking God that they still have air in three of them. They're, living, they're breathing the same air we're breathing. They're breathing the same air. They're walking on the same ground. They just decided to change how they think. Because when you begin to change how you think, then things begin to actually shift in your paradigm and you can actually see the hand of God moving that you might not have seen before. Because what happens is when you begin to think a thing, when you begin to think on it, dwell on it, meditate on it, then all of a sudden it becomes a a part of your focus. And the Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So now you you stop thinking wishy-washy. I'll just give you a couple of examples. Either God is for health or he is for sickness. Thank you, Lord. That's it. There's not an in-between. The scripture says make the tree good 
or make the tree evil. You know a tree by its fruit. That's how you know a tree. You don't walk up to a tree, cut it down, and count the rings in the trunk to try to figure out what kind of tree it is. You look at what's hanging off of its branches, and that's what tells you what kind of a tree it is. So if you want to know what kind of a God our God is when it comes to healing, then you must go to God himself. Jesus Christ is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he walked the planet and did what God does, did what God did, and did what God is still doing. And he walked around and he never flung a sickness on somebody. All he did is pull it off of people. God is not trying to make his people sick. God does not put illness on his children. That would be child abuse. If you came to me and said, hey, I got these kids and I decided one of them looks a little too healthy. So I sprinkled some influenza on them. I would call the police or I would put you in handcuffs myself and take you to jail because you don't need to be raising kids if you're trying to make your kids sick. And God is a good father. But if you have some stinking thinking that somebody with with 17 different acronyms after their name on their business card that has tried to convince you of something or tried to explain something that is inexplicable. See, that's the reality of Christianity. There is a lot of stuff you're going to go through that you can't explain. And if you feel the burden of explaining everything, sooner or later, you'll start justifying every single little action all the way down to the pothole you hit this uh, this morning on the way to church. That pothole's not there because God was trying to break your front axle to teach you something. That pothole's there because somebody didn't fill it up. End of statement. End of position. So now what happens is, is you begin to change how you think about the scenario and you go, wait a minute, it is not the will of God for me to be outside of health at all. And then you change how you think. You say, well, what happens if if I believe this the rest of my life and I do not see a healing? First off, I say this, that's impossible. Because if you're believing it like that with a butt attached to it, you are not believing it fully. There is still doubt and you do not have what you say if there is doubt in your heart. So you begin to shift the whole thing. And so for you to get under a bigger shadow and get out of these little shadows and these little stinking thinking ideas, you got to change how you think. So when it comes to health, there is no middle of the road. It is not like, well, maybe God doesn't care. Are you nuts? He sent his son to be pierced on a criminal's cross to descend to the depths of hell itself on your behalf and we act like God doesn't care? He knows the number of hairs on our head. Some of you, he's like 1,705,000. Some of you, he's like three. Three, that one's got three. Nope, 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 two. The the idea, the idea of God not caring, I'll be honest with you, I get a little upset about it. That would be like you, you mama bears out there. If somebody came to you and said, well, I don't think you care about your kids. You'd find a switchblade. You'd find a switchblade. 
I said, I didn't know you carried a switchblade. You said, I didn't know I had one either. I didn't know. There's a shift when you change how you think. God, I feel the anointing right now. You can't, you can't think world and live kingdom. They're, they're, they're divergent. They're going in different directions. You can't think world and live kingdom. The scripture says a little leaven or a little yeast leavens the whole lump of dough. You can't have that leaven in your life. You can't. Now, now that's not to say that we're not working this thing out. But what I'm saying is you cannot give a place to that doubt or those contrary thoughts to what the book says. You just have to go, I'm going to stick with this book. You say, well, what happens if I don't see it? And your, your, your reflex, when the doctor hits your knee, you're not trying to kick. Your reflex is a healthy reaction to some stimulant that the doctor brings. So the stimulant that comes that asks you what happens if it doesn't work, your reflex has to be, that's impossible. Well, what if God fails? Impossible. Well, I saw God do this, that, this, that, this, that, and the other. Well, that was them, not me. Pow. Well, what makes you different? I believe it. But you don't understand. I'm not seeing it work. Exactly. What do you mean exactly? Now faith is. Come on, somebody. The substance of things hoped for and the evidence of what I cannot see. What do you mean? Well, I changed how I thought. How'd you change how you think? I fill, the scripture says, your heart. With the water of the word, the scripture is considered water in one sense. It talks about washing your mind or washing with being of your mind washed with the water of the word. You wash out those thinking thoughts, those stinking thoughts that are contrary to the Bible. And before you know it, the only thing left is the word and the word is sufficient. He said, well, you're going you're gonna to look crazy to the world. I know. Can we be honest for just a second? The next question is, well, do you enjoy looking crazy? Sometimes. Sometimes you find out what the fraternity of the kingdom is really about. Come up here, Jake, for just a second. Everybody's like, oh, Jake. (laughs) Jake is kingdom. Y'all give Jake a big hand. Not that big, golly. That was a big one. Anyway, Jake is kingdom. Jake is pro-Jesus. Jake is pro the word of God. Jake is pro-Holy Spirit. So Jake represents the body of Christ and the kingdom of God. I'm going to not bring anybody over here, but I'll just call this the world over here. See, we're in the world... But we're not of the world. See, over here's the kingdom. I'm of the kingdom, but for now, I'm living in the world. So I'm of the kingdom, but I'm living in the world. I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. So what happens is when you start to stand out, something is something 
presents an opportunity for you to recognize the fraternity that you're really a part of. Because when you start to feel out of place in the world, you start to recognize that this is not my place. My place is over here, but I can't fulfill everything God's called me to do if I just stay in my little Christian bubble and my little New Heights Church Sunday morning, everybody claps and shouts bubble. If I'm going to complete some things for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, I'm going to have to leave the safety and the security of this scenario and I've got to walk over into this world and I got to start standing out because the Bible says I have to be a light to this world that I'm supposed to stand out of. And sometimes it's awesome. But sometimes, man, it's lonely to your flesh. See, your spirit is going, here we go, here we go, oh yeah. And your spirit is recognizing all the spiritual moving parts and mechanisms that are at play going, yeah, when we're standing on the water, everybody's paying attention to what's going on. But the problem is the decision to throw your leg over the boat, over the side of the boat is going to isolate you immediately. Well, you don't understand. You're just, are you one of those religious types? Well, I don't want to split hairs, but I don't think I'm religious. I think I'm in a relationship, but I just can't go with the flow on this topic that you guys are talking about because I'm believing God that he's going to supply my needs according to his riches and glory. And now all of a sudden you start standing out in the world. Now the kingdom's over here going, that's right. We're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. We're going, go ahead, Brian. You got it. That's exactly right. God's going to supply your needs according to his riches and glory. But the problem is you got these natural ears and all they're hearing is what the world's saying and going, I don't think that's going to work for you. It didn't work for my dad. Didn't work for my grandpa. Didn't work for my mom. I don't think it's going to work for you. So you've got to get some way that you can actually have your spiritual ears tuned to the kingdom and your natural ears muted to what you're hearing that's contrary to the book. Because when you're of this kingdom but living in this world, there has to be an understanding that if you don't stand out, you aren't doing anything. If you don't stand out, You're not doing anything. There has to be something that is that is different about you. He said, well, I'm saved. Great. You know it. Jesus knows it. Does your coworker know it? Well, I don't know. You know, it just it's kind of a personal thing. They publicly killed him. They publicly criticized him. They publicly spit on him. They publicly mocked him. They stripped him publicly. Not so that you would know him privately. But that you would become a part of this fraternity. And understand, let's call Jake Jesus for a minute in this illustration. Praise the Lord. Jake slash Jesus in this illustration is not encouraging a kingdom person to stay here. 
He is encouraging me to go back. See, if I were to come up here and I would be in the kingdom and the kingdom representation, Jesus would be like, man, I love you guys. And I'm like, man, we love you too, Jesus. He'd be like, man, did you read about all my stories? We read all your stories. It was incredible. He goes, what about walking on water and stuff? We're like, man, it was awesome. What about like the water and the wine? He said, yeah, that's awesome too. And then all of a sudden, Jesus would be like this. Who's that? And I'd look over and say, I don't know. Don't you see? There's one over there that's lost. And we're all like, yeah, but Jesus, man, we just want to be with you. He goes, I'll never leave you or forsake you. But if you don't understand, I would rather leave you safely here and pursue that lost one. Then you don't understand the kingdom. So the thinking in order to get to a bigger shadow and to live under those wings is required. The change in your thinking that is required is one that makes you very much different than this world. And now you understand what Paul said. For me to live is Christ available to everybody in this realm because I am a Christ one. They called us Christians in the Bible in a derogatory setting, in a derogatory term. They said, look at all those little Christs walking around, all those Christ ones mocking Paul said, for me to live here in this world is Christ available to you. How is it Christ available to them? Because on the inside of you resides the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And when you make him available to those around, you are making Christ available to them. But Paul looks and says, but for me to die would be gain for me. Because what I want is to be with Jesus. But what Jesus wants is for me to bring them to him. Because if you can't change how you think, You'll just sit here with the only opportunity you'll ever have in eternity to do something for the kingdom is between now and the day you die or the day Jesus comes back. When you get to heaven, there's nobody that's not born again up there. I'm going to go lay hands on the sick in heaven. Never mind. The only chance you have to lay hands on the sick. The only chance you have to share Jesus. For me to live is Christ to you. The opportunity for Christ to you. The only chance you have is now. And I get it. I want to be with you, Jesus. And Jesus says, you'll be with me forever. Would you bring me more? 
now we understand. I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. And if you can't think kingdom, this is a big one, and I wasn't sure if I was going to go here today, but whatever. You'll think it's all about you. And it'll all be about how can I sleep better? How can I feel better? How can I, how can I, how can I, how can it impact me? When the reality is, if you'll first seek his kingdom, he'll add all that stuff to you. But if you seek the stuff, you'll miss the kingdom. And it all comes from a change up here first. And when you begin to change how you think, now you think kingdom. And now you stop praying, come Lord Jesus, come. And you say, I want to be with you. But if you'll give me a little more time, I'll reach more. I want to be with you. But if you will give me a little more time. There was a guy and he had a a tree and it wasn't producing fruit. And he says, cut it up and throw it in the fire. And the man that worked the ground says, sir, if you would just give me a little more time. I'll till around it. I'll fertilize it. Just give me a little more time. Kingdom doesn't think world and world doesn't think kingdom. And if you blend them, you will get neither. You'll be a really poor sinner, meaning you won't be good at sin. And you'll probably be saved. But you won't experience the fullness of the kingdom available here. I really sense the anointing right now in a way that it's, it's very, it, all I can describe is it's very unique when it comes on me in this manner. But it, it makes it where I feel like, I feel like, I feel like it happens the most when hearts open. Like when your heart is open, I feel like it's when God allows me to speak in ways that penetrate in a really, really sensitive and sincere part of your life. And so what I would say is this. This kingdom is not accessed by decision. It is accessed by conversion. And maybe, maybe there's an element or two of your life that you've still withheld from fully giving over to kingdom thinking. There's no in-between with sickness. If I don't see anything coming in 2021, I see an incredible contrast between sheep and goats. I see an incredible contrast between sheep and goats. I love the Lord. 
I spend time with the Lord. And if I sense anything in the spirit, I sense that Jesus is not pleased when people misrepresent his will to try to explain something that is inexplicable. He wants people that are still here to believe for everything that's here. And if you don't feel lonely amongst the world, I just wonder where do your allegiances, where does your allegiance lie? Maybe you just came to church today to hear an encouraging word and to go home and sit in the cold rain. But this is not that kind of church. This is the kind of church where we re-up our commitment on the regular. Because I don't want to be lulled to sleep I don't want to blend in. The scripture says that the earth is waiting on the manifestation of the sons of God. Manifestation in one indication just indicates revealing. How are we revealed? Can I tell you how Jesus was revealed? He walked around people all day, every day, and nobody knew who he was. Until John says, that's him. And as soon as a man says that is the son of God then God verified and a twice spoken word happened right before Jesus was baptized in other words the word of God is waiting on the mouth of a child of God to put it in this atmosphere and then God himself sees to it that it comes to pass so if you sound like the world the only difference is, is your heart is different. Nobody can tell the difference. And the same impact that somebody had on you by sharing this kingdom, you will not have on them. And then the real question is, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, what are we even doing? Like if we're not sharing our faith, the body of Christ was never designed to be a self-help club or a self-centered help club. The body of Christ is to be, yeah, yes, yes, I 100% want to live with you forever. Gold streets, shouting, new, new earth, I want the whole thing. But I'll be right back. I'm telling you, he will forgive you. He forgave me. He loves you. It doesn't make any sense. 
I understand that it's hard to believe. But if you will believe it, something will happen. And God himself will fill you and forgive you. And you will be different, not just in eternity. You will be different now. I just can't believe it. missed one. One plants, one waters, God gives the increase. Because if I'm thinking small, I think I lost. But if I'm thinking kingdom, I think I just sowed a seed and Jesus says, it's cool. I'm going to send somebody else. And he taps this guy over here. Hey man, what's up? Looks like you got a flat tire. Yeah, I got a flat tire. I don't know what happened. It's crazy. No problem. I got an air compressor. Let me sit here right here. He said, hey man, have you heard Psalm 23? You know, it's funny you should say that. Somebody else was talking to me about the Lord today. He goes, well, look, I'm just going to air your tire up. I saw you, but, you know, the word coincidence is not even in the Hebrew language, I've been told. And I'm going to air your tire up. But I really think God wants you to know that even though you're walking through the valley, the shadow of death, that you don't have anything to fear because God is God is with you. All right. Praise the Lord. See you later. Air compressor gone. Are you real? Because he talked to me yesterday. And then this other guy came up to me today. He said the same thing. Are you real? Why am I crying? What? No, 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 you, you don't know what I've done. You do know what I've done. And you'll forgive me? Will you forgive me? it's kingdom Jesus help me say this with grace it's not about you it's not about your little feelings it's not about all your emotions if you want to know I can't speak for everybody but what my life looks like 50% of the time my heart is destroyed You say, that, that doesn't sound like a good life. It is the freest life you could ever imagine. Because he said, hey, they hated me. They're going to hate you too. I said, okay. You know, I'm not trying to like add it up, Jesus, but I, I've given up a lot for you know, this cause. He goes, oh, you can have a hundredfold of anything you gave up. 
Yes, yes, yes. With persecution, sir. Is it possible that you're not walking in the hundredfold because you rejected the persecution? I'm just talking about changing how you think. This is still point number one. Just talking about changing how you think. Because as you think in your heart, that's how you'll be. And I don't have time for it. But if I had time for it, I would teach you about what comes out of your mouth. Because how you think in your heart is how it'll be. And then the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And the Bible says that you'll have whatever you say. What if you said this week, no complaining aloud? It's not working out. Doesn't look like it. Make the tree good or make the tree evil. But get off the doggone fence. Stop acting like God might fail you. Stop thinking like God might fail you. And I'll say this. Get rid of any literature in your home that teaches contrary to the Bible. If the Bible says he wants to bless you, stop arguing with it. The Bible says he wants to heal you. Stop arguing with it. If the Bible says he wants to be uh, closer than closer to you than any of your brothers, any of your family members, then stop acting like he's hard to get to. Talk about changing how you think. And then the, the default of changing how you think is you'll change how you talk. But the talking only changes when your heart gets full. Because out of the abundance, effectively the overflow, then you start talking. Now it's not witnessing like it's a job. It's talking about who you love. That sounds weird. It's really weird to the world. But to the kingdom, that's all they talk about. I don't have to be told to talk about Crystal. I love her, so I talk about her. change how you think and realize like standing out was what you were supposed to do (laughs) I don't want to stand out well I don't have the answer for that because he said you're going to stand out he said a city on a hill can't be hidden you don't put a light under a bush you're supposed to stand out and then you start This is what I teach my children on a very regular basis. You got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And if you're not uncomfortable, you better find some way to get uncomfortable because your flesh will get stronger the more you live in your comfort zone. I'm trying to set my flesh on fire all the time. Was that you trying to get me to witness to that person? No, it was the devil. Are you nuts? Who else would tell you to witness to somebody? Well, what if they laugh at me? They laughed at him. If you've never been laughed at, you're missing one of the coolest parts of the fraternity. 
If you've, if you've never been, if you've never been ridiculed, you're missing one of the coolest parts of the fraternity. Have you ever been around people that have been through what you've been through? You immediately connect. Have you ever been around people and you hadn't been through it and you feel like you're outside of the party? When you start going through some of the stuff he went through, you find out some of the most wonderful parts of his personality. And you get that, that, that foxhole, that foxhole head nod. Or sometimes you don't even have to say a thing. You just, you're both in it together. And you know he's experienced what you've experienced. And now you start thinking, man, I count it all joy to be a part of any suffering to serve you. And your prayers change. You say, what's precious to you? And before you can get it out of your mouth, he will say, them. And you'll stop talking like this. I'm just so sick of the secular world. Because he doesn't talk that way. He says, for God so loved the secular world that he sent me. And you start wading in. And you start going, Jesus is the Lamb of God that was slain. He's the soon returning king. And he loves you very, very much. Well, I don't talk like that. Change how you stinking talk. That sounds churchy. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. That sounds religious. The world needs the word of God. But they're not going to read it. You've got to say it. Then you start to see the change. And one day you'll look out and there'll be people that you would have never thought. There are people that are members of this church and the only reason they came to the church was to prove me wrong. I'm not saying I can't be wrong. I was wrong one time, 1983. They came to sit and to, deta- and to point out all the places I was wrong. And the thing is, I just don't preach what I know. I just try to teach the Bible. Because I, I don't have it all together enough to have written my own. So I just preach this one. They come to me months later. So you don't understand. I came. I sat for weeks. And you just kept saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And before you know it, I'm crying. I'm not even a crier. I said, yeah. He has that effect on people. But we got to change how we think. When we change how we think, we'll change what we say. And when we change what we say, we'll see what he said come to pass. Can you give God a hand of praise this morning? I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. 
That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.